0: This week on Choice Hacking.
1: Baxter! Papa's home. There he is. There's my little man. You're okay? Uh, Of course I met a lady tonight. This one was different. What? I'm lonely? I'm not lonely. I'm, I'm beloved by everyone in San Diego. Wow. You know how to cut to the core of me, Baxter. You're so wise, miniature Buddha, covered in hair.
0: That's a clip from the classic comedy Anchorman, where Will Ferrell's character, Ron Burgundy, an arrogant news anchor living in 1970s San Diego, is talking with his beloved dog, Baxter. It might surprise you to learn that there's a hidden psychological lesson in the history of this film. You see, the plot of Anchorman was originally very different. When the first cut of the film was shown to test audiences, they couldn't stop laughing. But when it came time to give the movie a score, the test audience failed it. It's all because there was a sneaky psychological principle at work. Here's Anchorman director Adam McKay recounting the story on the podcast Smartless.
1: So the story I always tell is we screened the very first cut of Anchorman and the movie killed. And the original joke we had in the end was that... Ron Burgundy's dog Baxter did not come back So we screen the movie Big laughs Everyone's coming up to me Shaking my hand Oh my god So funny And then we get our numbers And you guys know It's 0 to 100 For test screenings Generally you want to be Over 60 Anytime you're in the 50s 40s It's bad news So they come up And they give us the scores Our score was 50 and everyone looked at each other like, what the hell? And the marketing lady said, you idiots, you killed the dog. <laughs> and oh. <laughs> she actually said, you idiots. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but it's clearly fake. It's a joke. She's like, you can't kill the dog. <laughs> so we went and we did reshoots and and we screened it and we brought Baxter back and our score went to a 76.
0: Why did this simple change have such a big effect on the audience scores for Anchorman. Well, it's down to a psychological principle called the peak-end rule. It says that we judge an experience based on two points, the emotional peak and the ending. And if an experience flubs the ending, it doesn't matter how much fun you had, it will ruin the entire experience. I'm Jennifer Kleinhens, and you're listening to Choice Hacking, a podcast about applying behavioral science and psychology to business marketing, experience design, and more. Join me today as we examine the peak end rule and how you can use it to perfect your marketing and customer experience. But before we get started, I want to take a moment to tell you about the newest courses on Choice Hacking Academy. Are you looking for ways to skill up and stand out in a really tough job market? Well, Choice Hacking Academy's courses can help you get to the next level of your marketing career. You can learn more about digital marketing, customer journey mapping, applied behavioral science, AI, psychology, and more. All courses can be completed in a few hours at your own pace. Include live office hours with me, Jen Kleinhens, and include blockchain-registered certificates that are easy to add to your resume, CV, or LinkedIn profile. Just visit choicehacking.com forward slash learn to learn more. That's choicehacking.com forward slash learn. Now on to the show. Our brains are pretty amazing things, but they're also simpler than we think. Consider your last birthday party. Chances are you can't remember every single second, But there's probably a few standout moments you do remember, like your loved one singing happy birthday while you waited to blow out the candles on your cake. We don't remember every single second of even the happiest moments because it's just too much for our brains to handle. So how does it decide what to remember? Well, that's where the peak-end rule comes in. It describes how our brain prioritizes information using emotion. The moments when we're at our emotional peak, whether that's a positive or negative emotion, and the end of the experience are the two key moments that create our memories and judgments related to that event. Now for brands, this is awesome news. It means you can greatly affect a customer's opinion of your business by managing two points that punch above their weight rather than micromanaging every single second of an experience. You've probably felt the peak-end rule in your everyday life, whether you were conscious of it or not. For instance, have you ever watched a good movie with a terrible ending? Filmmaker M. Night Shyamalan is famous for including plot twists at the end of his movies. And when he sticks the landing, people absolutely adore his films. But when he doesn't, it spawns hate, memes, and internet ridicule. Take The Sixth Sense, for instance. So beware, I am about to spoil the plot of a 24-year-old movie, like I just spoiled a bunch of people's day by telling them that The Sixth Sense was released almost a quarter of a century ago. Sixth Sense is a simple story of a psychologist, played by Bruce Willis, and his young client, played by Haley Joel Osment, who claims, now famously, that he can see dead people. But in the third act, there's a twist that reframes the entire film. It turns out that Bruce Willis is one of those dead people that Haley Joel Osment's character can see, but for most of the movie, the character himself and the audience don't realize he's dead. The movie was a huge hit, and everybody talked about how shocking the ending was. But other than Haley Joel Osment whispering, I see dead people, which was arguably the emotional peak of the film, most people can't remember too many details about The Sixth Sense. The peak in the end were so powerful they made people fall in love with the movie without remembering the rest of the plot. As good as The Sixth Sense is, Shyamalan has had more than a few movies that illustrate what can go wrong when the twist at the end of the movie fails. Take his film The Happening, starring Mark Wahlberg, for example, a movie where people start mysteriously killing each other and themselves, and the twist is, that plants did it. Yes, the world's plants go crazy, and they release spores that cause humans to become homicidal. Between the terrible twist and Wahlberg's unfortunate performance, The Happening nearly killed off M. Night Shyamalan's career. And if you compare the reviews of these two movies, The Sixth Sense and The Happening, it's pretty evident that critics and audiences have very different memories and opinions of The Sixth Sense than they did of The Happening. The Sixth Sense has a 90% positive Rotten Tomatoes score, while The Happening was panned pretty universally and only managed to squeeze positive reviews from about 20% of people. So what does this all have to do with business? Well, the Peak End Rule can help us in a few powerful ways. First, it can help us discover moments where a little bit of improvement can deliver a lot of impact. For example, Disney parks are masters of the Peak End Rule, whether they know it or not. Disney knows that when families visit their parks, parents see the experience through the eyes of their children. So the better an experience you can make the park for kids, the better the experience for the parents. Technology like Magic Bands can create emotional highs for kids by providing data to the park employees — with their parents' consent, of course. The Magic Band is a wearable device that secretly lets character actors in the park know if it's a child's birthday, and it will tell them their first name so Mickey and Goofy can smile and say, hello, Jaden, happy birthday, without having to be told anything by the parents. It's a magical experience for a six-year-old to meet Moana and have Moana seem to know so much about them already. Disney also avoids a big mistake in applying Peak End, and that's not being aware of where the true ending of an experience is. They know that the end of their experience is not when people walk out of the park, The true end of the experience is when guests start looking through the pictures they took. When Disneyland was being designed in the 1960s, Disney and Kodak Film undertook an intensive study to understand what colors in the park would make better backgrounds in photos once they were developed. This is film photography lingo, kids, so if you don't get me, do a Google. Disney designed the park pass in these special photogenic colors in order to make the photos of the experience more vibrant and emotional to guests when they looked at them back home. Not all moments in an experience are equal, and rather than try to spend millions to perfect every single second, Peek can help us figure out where to pay the most attention, time, effort, and budget to make our experience amazing. So take some time to discover those peaks and ends in your experience. And as author and activist Maya Angela put it, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Thank you for listening to the Choice Hacking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review it. It takes me 20 plus hours to put together every episode, and it is a huge help when you take just a moment to let others know how you liked it. And don't forget, you can learn more about behavioral science and psychology applied to business when you subscribe to the free Choice Hacking newsletter. You'll join more than 8,000 brilliant UX, CX, and marketing folks from companies like Google, Coke, and Disney who get my newsletter. To sign up, just visit choicehacking.com forward slash subscribe. That's choicehacking.com forward slash subscribe. Until next time.
1: You can't ignore it. I'm transforming now. These cars and planes, I'm always boarding. Just out touring down in Charlotte like I play for Hornets.